0: Uh, Take your Bibles this morning, if you will, please, and turn to the book of John, John chapter 3, and let me clarify a couple things. Uh, Number one, I was wrong on the the walk-through shower will be next Sunday night, and so keep that in mind. We'll do the uh, walk-through shower next Sunday night, and also, uh, we are going to have communion tonight uh, in, in the service, and so it's been a little while since we have had communion together, so I hope that you'll be here for that. That's always a very, very special time. And so, anyway, I hope hope you'll come excited about that. Also, the ladies are going to a conference uh, this coming Saturday. And ladies, you're going to be leaving the church here at 8.30. The conference starts at 9.30. And uh, if you have any questions, you can see Miss Karen about that. And I understand we have a very good crowd of ladies that are going to the conference. And so we thank the Lord for that. John chapter 3. Also, I want you to, before you stand, I want you to find Matthew chapter number 3. We're going to go there in just a little bit, not yet. We're going to start in John 3, and we're going to spend most of our time in John 3, but we will flip over to Matthew chapter 3 in just a few moments. And so John chapter 3 in your Bibles, and when you find your places, if you're able to stand, let's stand this morning out of respect for the reading of God's Word. It's good to see you today. It's good to see all of our visitors today, all of our live stream audience. Thank you for uh, watching. We read just the kindest card in our Sunday school class from the live stream audience this morning. And uh, uh, anyway, we uh, we love all of our live stream. We have such a faithful live stream audience, and so we want to say a big howdy to them. And that that card was from the Aliffs, and so if the Aliffs are watching right now, we want to let the Aliffs know how much we love them. They're watching it from up on the other side of Baltimore, Maryland, and so anyway, uh, John chapter three in your Bibles are going to begin in verse number twenty two. The Bible says, "After these things came Jesus and his disciples into the land of Judea, and there he tarried with them and baptized. And John also was baptizing in the Eden near to Salim, because there was much water there. And they came and were baptized, for John was not yet cast into prison." Then there arose a question between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purifying. And they came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan, which is Jesus they're talking about, to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same baptizeth, and all men come to him. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven Ye yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. And verse 30, John says, He must increase, but I must decrease. You may be seated this morning, and I want to talk to you for a few minutes uh, on what we're going to call the wisdom of John the Baptist, the wisdom of John the Baptist. And, uh, and so let's go to the Lord, and one, one last time, let's pray, and we're going to jump into this Bible study. And um, I, You may not go away saying that's the greatest message preacher ever preached. You probably won't, but I, but I can promise you this. What we're going to talk about today is incredibly relevant, and I believe it's going to help you in your Christian walk And so let's go to the Lord and ask God to help us. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for your blessings, for everything the choir's saying. We thank you for the wonderful special. Lord, sometimes you're so good, it's almost overwhelming, really is overwhelming. Lord, you are good to us, and we thank you and we praise you for your goodness. God, we wouldn't be right if we didn't give give you the praise for that. And so, Father, we praise you today. Now, Lord, the best that we know how We plead the blood of Jesus over this service. And God, I pray that you would, Lord, that you would have your way. I pray that the the name of Jesus would be lifted up. I pray that all hearts and minds would be drawn to him. Not a preacher, not a person, not uh, a personality, but I pray that our minds would be on Jesus. And Lord, we are mindful of what the prophet Isaiah told us in Isaiah 26, 3, when he said, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. So bless this time we have together around your word. We love you, we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray and for his sake, amen and amen. Well, John chapter three is a familiar passage of scripture. Uh, Many of you have spent time in John chapter three. We spent time in John chapter three in our Sunday school this morning. Terry took us to John chapter three and I thought that was sort of ironic as well. And in John chapter three, we often have a tendency to focus on one individual in that chapter. His name is Nicodemus. Uh, He really is sort of one of the captivating figures. Uh, uh, Of course, Jesus is really the captivating figure, but you know what I'm talking about. One of the the main Bible characters of John chapter 3 is Nicodemus, the Pharisee. And we have a tendency to sort of focus on him, but there are other Bible characters talked about in John chapter three. Namely, John the Baptist and also the disciples of John the Baptist are mentioned there. Now, the reason I even took the time to tell you that is because really that's what's going on behind the scenes here in John chapter three. John the Baptist uh, is a very prominent figure and John has disciples. And John's disciples, in John chapter 3, John's disciples are a little wounded. Uh, To be quite honest with you, they're a little bit jealous. They're a little envious uh, because at one point, we notice here that everyone is flocking to John the Baptist. Everybody is hearing John preach. Everybody is being baptized by John the Baptist. He is sort of a talk of the town. He is... uh, Uh, If you will, he's sort of the Billy Graham of his day. And that's why I wanted you to find your place in Matthew chapter 3. Look, if you will, at Matthew chapter 3 in your Bibles. And and, uh, Matthew's gospel alludes to what we just said, that John the Baptist is, I mean, the Lord is really using him. We understand he's the forerunner of Christ, and uh, he has an an, an anointing. Miss Sandra asked uh, a Wednesday night preacher, did, did John have the spirit of Elijah? And really, to answer that question, yes, he did. Uh, In a way, he really did have the spirit of Elijah. Now, maybe I can elaborate on that a little bit later on. That's a whole different message. Uh, But John's been greatly used of the Lord. And look what it says in Matthew chapter three and verse five. The Bible says, then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. And so, boy, I mean, John's got quite the ministry going on. I mean, they are flocking To John the Baptist to hear his word to hear his message Um, he's preaching a message of repentance and he's preaching a message of of the Lamb of God is here he's coming and the Messiah is coming and you better get ready and you better prepare and you better repent Uh, he's coming and and so the multitudes are coming to to hear john the baptist but all of a sudden in the latter part of john chapter three now the attention has shifted uh, and and john the baptist is really no longer that uh, you know he, he's no longer that one that everybody's focusing on but the attention has now shifted to the lord jesus christ And now people are coming to the Lord even in greater numbers than they were coming to John the Baptist. They're literally coming in droves to hear the Lord Jesus Christ. People are being healed. People are being taught on a daily basis. Now we find that in Matthew chapter 4. Look, if you will, there at Matthew chapter 4 and verse number 23. The Bible says, and Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of diseases among the people. Look at verse 24. The Bible says, and his fame, Jesus, and his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with divers diseases and torments and those that were possessed with devils and those which were lunatic and those that had the palsy and the Bible says, and he healed them. Look at verse 25. The Bible says, and there followed him great multitudes. Now, do you understand that some scholars tell us that word multitude there could be in excess of 20,000. Now, again, what I'm trying to point out this morning is This is not a little crowd of people. This is not 70 or 80 people. This is great multitudes are coming out and they're following him. Great multitudes of people from Galilee and from Decapolis and from Jerusalem and from Judea and from beyond Jordan. And so understand that for a while, the the anointing was on john the baptist he's not yet put in prison the bible tells us that in john chapter 3 and people are flocking to hear john the baptist man here's this this prophet and he's dressed in camel's hair and he's eating locust and wild honey and uh he i mean you know john the baptist was probably a little eccentric and He was definitely different, but he is preaching the message of God, and people are just flooding to come and hear him. Well, John has disciples, and those disciples are helping in the ministry. They're helping accommodate the crowd, and they're trying to minister to John's needs. And and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the the focus begins to shift, and now, now those same people that were coming to John are coming to Jesus. That same crowd that used to want to hear John the Baptist, now they want to hear the Lord Jesus. Those same people that used to come to John the Baptist are now going to the Lord Jesus to be healed and to be ministered to. And so flip back over to John chapter 3, And that's sort of the context behind this verse, John 3 and verse 26. The Bible says, And they came unto John, the the, the disciples, and they came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, verse 26, And said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same baptizes, look at this, and all men come to him. And so here, these disciples are a little envious for John's sake. And they're saying, John, you used to be the man, I mean, John, I mean, you're the guy that everybody was focusing on. John, you're the guy that everybody was coming to hear speak. And you're the guy that everybody was coming to get baptized by. And, and great multitudes were coming out to hear you. And now, all of a sudden, uh, less and less and less are coming to you. And more and more and more are coming to this Jesus. And, uh, and so they're a little bit jealous, if you will, concerning what's going on. Now, this is what I want to preach to you about today. Is that John the Baptist takes this opportunity, this opportunity to teach his disciples some very valuable lessons. And all of these lessons are very applicable to you and me. And I want to give you those lessons today. So I'm calling this three principles we learn from the wisdom of John the Baptist. And so his disciples were upset. They were a little distraught about what was going on, the shift in focus, the shift in attitude. Uh, and so, the, so John teaches them some great wisdom. And I want to give you some of that wisdom today if I could. How about this? Number one, we notice, first of all, John teaches them that godly Christians rejoice when others are blessed. Now, we're going to find all this right here in our passage today. and So I want you to look at John chapter 3. And we're gonna be here most of the time. We are gonna go away a few times, but look at John chapter three, verse 28. And so again, keep in mind that they're saying, Lord, uh, you know," uh, they're saying, John, John, uh, I mean, man, I mean, thousands have been coming out to hear you and now your crowds are getting less and less and less and now the Lord's are getting more and more and more. And so look what he says in verse 28. John says, ye yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. He must increase. Talking about Jesus. He must increase, but I must increase. Decrease. Now, church, I'm going to tell you something. This is great. I mean, I, honestly, you're not going to go with some, man, that's the greatest message, preacher, ever preached. No, you probably won't. But I'm going to tell you what, if you can ever get a hold of the stuff I'm going to give you this morning, I believe this is really going to help you a lot. And so you know what John is telling his disciples there, fellas? You need to understand something. I am not the main figure. That's what he's telling them. John, you're the Billy Graham of this day John, you're, you're the great evangelist of this day And John says, guys, no I'm not There is another And he's greater than I am I'm not the main one John says this, I'm not the bridegroom I'm just a friend of the bridegroom That's what he's saying Now, back in this day and time uh, It was customary for the bridegroom to have a, to, to have a very special friend Well, I guess that's still true today, isn't it? Uh, we have what we call a best man, and, uh, and that was common back in this day as well. And so the bridegroom would have this best friend, and that best friend was sort of in the inner circle, and, and he would, he would take maybe a, he would take a more important part in the wedding ceremony, and he was right there with the bride and the groom, and boy, he could sense their excitement. He could hear their laughter. He could hear their voice, and that's what John is saying. John is saying, listen, I'm not the bridegroom. I'm just a friend of the bridegroom. But he said this, I'm so close to the bridegroom that I know his joy. He's excited. And John said, you know what? When I sense that, it makes me happy. John is saying, I'm happy that someone else is being blessed. Now, Calvary Baptist Church, that is a great lesson. Did you know that we ought to be happy when we see other people blessed? We ought to be happy. Now, I'm very thankful for what God is doing at Calvary. God is doing a miraculous work at Calvary Baptist Church. And by the way, church, may we never take that for granted. May we praise him. May we thank him uh, for all that he is doing. Uh, We were supposed to baptize more converts today, but our baptistry had some issues yesterday. Uh, And so God is working, and people are being saved and baptized, and new folks are coming in the church. And we thank the Lord for that. But I want to tell you something else. When you see another church blessed, you ought to thank the Lord for that too. Listen, this is not a competition. (laughs) Man, this is not NFL. This is not PGA. This is is the local New Testament church. By the way, not of Brother Steve Pope, not of Brother Mike Horn, not a Brother Rodney Tomlin. This is the local New Testament church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we see the church blessed, we ought to rejoice. When we see other churches that are blessed, we ought to rejoice. Well, that's just not right. No, it is right. It is right. We're not the only church. We're not the only figure. That's what John is saying. Listen, when we see other people blessed, we ought to be ecstatic. We ought to rejoice that God is blessing them. Romans chapter 12, verse 15. The Bible says, rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Now church, I'm gonna make this practical. And you knew I was, didn't you? And hey, listen, when somebody drives in in a brand new car and you drive in and you're jalopy, there's a temptation to become a little envious. There's a temptation to say, well, no, that's not right. Man, Now here I am driving this uh, this old jalopy and they're driving in a brand new car or you see somebody moving to a brand new house and you're still living in your single wife. By the way, been there, done that. Been there and done that. Yes, sir. Uh, as, and by the way, as far as the jalopy's concerned, been there, done that too. <laughs> Several times. Listen, uh, people say, "Preacher, you drive nice cars. Hey, brother, you should have been here a long time ago. Yeah. When we were first starting out, when, uh, when we were in Bible college and we had a, 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 a Chevrolet, a, not a Chevrolet, we had a, a, a Ford, uh, man, Fairmont, is that right? Fairmont, is that, for, you Ford folks, help me out. Is that right? Brother, and he's like, "Don't ask me. I have. I don't have a clue." Yeah. And wait a minute now. Hey, we used to drive this station wagon around Bible College. It wouldn't even go in reverse. I mean, listen. When you pulled in somewhere, you better know you can pull out because <laughs> you're not going to back up. I mean, it wouldn't go in reverse. I can remember coming home. I can remember coming home from Bible College, man, coming down Black Mountain at night, and uh, the, the the lights would cut on and off. On it looked like we were sending Morse code while we were going down the interstate, and. Uh, and, <laughs> you didn't have to worry about it. sleepy, because they'd, sometimes they'd stay off for a few seconds. You'd be like, oh man, oh man. And all of a sudden they come back like, on. Oh, then they go back off again. And now, oh, wait a minute now. So you say, preacher, you just don't know what it's like. Yes, I do know what it's like. I know what it is to receive hand-me-downs and hand-me-down cars and hand-me-down clothes. And and I know what it is to have uh, pants with patches on them. And back in that day and time, we didn't buy them like that, just in case you're wondering. And uh, we wore them out. We wore them out. But when you wore them out, you didn't throw them away. Mom would iron big patches on the knees of your pants and you would keep on wearing them. Can I get an amen right there? Now, wait a minute now. I understand. You say, preacher, I don't have a brand new car. Pastor, I don't live uh, on the lake in a brand new house. Okay, I get all that. But this is what John is teaching us, a great lesson here, that when we see other people blessed, we should not be jealous. We should not be envious. We should not be covetous. You know what the Bible's teaching us? When we see other people blessed, we ought to say, that's wonderful. Thank you, Lord, for blessing them. God, thank you for blessing them. Man, when we see a fellow walk in, he's got a brand new suit on, we ought to say, God, thank you for blessing him with a brand new suit. When we see a lady come in with a brand new dress, I say, well, I don't know why she got a brand new dress and I didn't. No. That's, that's not scriptural. You know what we're supposed to do? We're supposed to, Lord, thank you for blessing them. We're to rejoice. When others are blessed, we're to rejoice. That's what the disciples said. This is not right, John. I mean, you've been the man. I mean, you've been under the spotlight. You've been the focus of attention. And now all of a sudden, everybody's going to this this Jesus. And John said, wait a minute, guys. Understand something. I'm not him. I just came to, to bear record of him. I'm not the main figure here. He's the main. Oh, that's good preaching right there. I'm not the main figure. He's the main figure. I'm not the Star. I'm not even the co star. He's the star. He's the one that ought to get the focus. He's the one that ought to get the attention. He's the one that ought to get the glory. And so John is saying this, but I tell you what, now that he is, John said, Man, I'm happy. I'm happy. John said, My joy is fulfilled. Listen, two fellas, old, old story, but I hadn't told it in in years probably. Two gentlemen were in a facility. Both of them had become somewhat invalid. And they were in a facility in a double room and neither one of them could really get out of the bed without nursing attention, without nurses helping them and attendants helping them. One gentleman, his bed was situated by the window. The other gentleman's bed, of course, was situated by the door. They were there for months and months and months. Couldn't get out of the room. Uh, and so the gentleman that was by the, by the window trying to encourage his friend in the room, he would tell him about the day. He would look out the window and he would say, also, he said, it's a beautiful day. And he said, you know, he said, let me tell you what it looks like. He said, boy, there's this little, there's this little brook that's running through the park. He said, just absolutely gorgeous. Oh, he said, there goes a the squirrel. There goes that squirrel screwing up the tree. And oh, it's got an acorn. And man, he's just describing all this stuff. And he said, There's that lady, man, she's feeding those pigeons. She feeds those pigeons so faithfully. Oh wow! Look at that young couple walking through the park hand in hand, and and every day he would just he would describe what was going on to his neighbor, and he would say, "Well, the changing of the seasons is coming. The leaves are changing, and oh, they're beautiful. I mean, some are orange, and those are red, and there's burgundy." and uh, And he would, you know, he would he would describe all that to his friend. And uh, anyway, long story short, the friend that was in the bed by the door who couldn't see out, he didn't rejoice. He became envious he became covetous and he thought you know what it's not fair that my friends by the window and he gets to see all that it's not fair that I'm over here by the door in this bed and I can't get out of the bed and uh, that's not fair and that's not fair and that began to that began to work on him and sure enough one day when the friend by the window was in distress he was unable to call for help the friend by the door saw what was happening and he could have summoned help but he chose not to and so that fellow by the window sure enough he passed they came in they gathered up his belongings from the bed they wheeled him out and the guy that was by the door said all right hot dog he said I'll finally be able to get by the window and so when they moved the other gentleman out he said listen he said would you do me a favor he said would you since he passed he said would you move my bed close to the window and they said yes we can do that and so the attendants got his bed and they they unlocked it and they moved it over to the window and they got him all situated and tucked in and uh, and they they left the room and he thought hallelujah finally finally and uh, he said man I can't wait to see outside and he took those curtains and he threw those curtains back and only to discover that window faced a concrete wall. A concrete wall. You know what that man by the window had done all those many, many months? He was just trying to, trying to encourage his brother. He was just trying to lift him up. There were no plant, there were no trees. There was no brook. There were no squirrels. There was no couple walking hand in hand through the park. There was no little lady that was faithfully feeding the pigeons. There was none of that. It was just a blank, gray, drab looking wall and yet that man was trying to encourage this other gentleman and now his friend is gone and now he's got the same vantage point that the other man had. Hey, Calvary, listen, we ought to rejoice when others are blessed Man, when God does something special to other people and and God works in their life, listen, we ought to rejoice that the Lord has blessed them. But I gotta gotta go on. How about this? Number number next is this. Number two, we learn here uh, that God deserves absolute glory. Now look back at John chapter three, verse number 30. This is wonderful, Calvary. This is wonderful. Look at John's wisdom. John chapter three, verse 30. John says to his disciples, he, Jesus, he must what? What? He must increase, but John said, I must what? He must increase, but I must decrease. Look what he says in verse 31 He that cometh from above is what? Come on, church. He that cometh from above is what? Above all. He that is of the earth is earthly. John said, That's me. He that is of the earth is earthly, and speak of the earth, he that cometh from heaven is above all. Man, oh, man, this is good. You know what John is saying? It doesn't matter, fellas, if everybody's coming to me or going to him, as long as he deserves glory, as long as he gets glory. It doesn't, listen, fellas, it doesn't matter if 500 are coming to me and 5,000 are going to him, that doesn't matter. That's not the main thing. The main thing is that he must increase and I must decrease. The main thing is that the Lord Jesus Christ received glory. That's what he's talking about. By the way, Calvary Baptist Church, I want to just serve notice on us this morning that the main thing at Calvary Baptist Church is that he received glory Listen, this is not about a preacher. This is not about a pastor. This is not about a deacon. This is not about a Sunday school teacher. This is not about anybody else in this church. It's not about a singer. It's not about a musician. It's not about anybody in this church. It's about him. He deserves the glory. It's he that has done all these things. Hey, listen, he's a great God. He's so good that he's almost overwhelming. He deserves the glory. And that's that's what John is saying. John says, fellas, come on now. Man, get this thing straight. Man, this is not about you. It's not about me. The Lord Jesus Christ must receive the glory. Hey, church, what's important is not your title. What's important is not your job. Now, Now, I don't mean that what you're doing for the Lord is not important, but I'm just saying this. Whether or not your ministry is in public view is not important. Some of you have jobs in this church that are a little bit more public. Others of you have jobs, they're not public at all. You wanna know how blessed this church is? Come on a day other than Sunday. What do you mean, preacher? Well, you can come here just about any day and there'll be people people here. Just like yesterday, it wasn't a church day, but it was a church day. We weren't having service, but people were here. They were ministering, they were working, they were cleaning, they were taking care of the plants, they were mowing the yards. I mean man, they're just working all around the building and they and they're ministering. Listen now, the important thing is not that your job is public or it's not public. The important thing, the important thing is that Jesus Christ receive all the glory. Wow. Man, what wisdom. The Bible says in Isaiah 43, 7, even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I've made him. But I want to end with this point, but it's such an important point. Not only do godly Christians, should godly Christians rejoice when others are blessed and God deserves absolute glory, but look look at this last thing here. Number three, we learn God is in control. Wow, John. John 3, look at verse 27. Now, keep in mind, John's teaching his disciples here. They're upset because he's not, you know, he's not the, the main personality right now. And look what John says in John three twenty-seven. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. You know what our Bible is teaching us there, folks? It is God that promotes and God that demotes. God lifts people up. God takes people down. God opens doors for people. God closes doors for people. God blesses some people differently. God blesses some people abundantly. Sometimes God blesses certain people more. Sometimes God blesses some people less. Sometimes God possibly waits to bless others. And brother Mike, I know you put this on your your page this week. Listen to Psalm 75, seven. The Bible says, but God is the judge. He put us down one and setteth up another. Now you say church, big deal. It really is a big deal. Because let me tell you what that means. This means that we should not be jealous because God gives someone an opportunity that he hasn't necessarily given to us. Now, here's, here's, here's the answer to that. Wait until it's your turn. Wait until God blesses you in that area. So somebody says, you know what? Uh, brother so-and-so, he just gets all the attention. Brother so-and-so, I mean, uh, he's doing this and he's doing that and, and, I, you know, and, and, and I haven't got these opportunities. And this is what I want to say. Wait, wait. God's in control. And when God is ready, God can exalt you God can exalt you. Now, I want you to hear several things here that I wrote down. Number one, I wrote this down: if you become impatient and try to promote yourself, you know what it means? It means automatic demotion. Now, I don't know that demotion's a word, but anyway, y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? Hey, listen to listen to Luke 14 verse 11. The Bible says, "But for whosoever exalteth himself, shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted." And so, if you become impatient and try to promote yourself, it means automatic demotion. But if you wait on the Lord and humble yourself, God can promote you when the time is right. 1 Peter 5, 6, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Somebody says, preacher, that position that belongs to so-and-so shouldn't belong to so-and-so. It ought to belong to me. Well, and listen, it's God that lifts up and God that takes down. And so if you try to finagle your way in there and take that person out of that position and put yourself in that position, I got news for you. Get ready for a fall. We don't exalt ourselves. And if we do, God brings us down. But we may say, you know what? That fellow's in that position. That lady's in that position. I don't understand why they are. But you know what? It's God that exalteth. And so, Lord, I'm just going to be patient. And I'm going to wait. And you know what? I know when you're ready, you've got something that you want me to do. And and so, Lord, I'm just going to humble myself and, and wait on you. Now we're done church, but I want you to take your Bibles. I want you to take your Bibles, don't you to turn to, to Proverbs 27? And I want to show you a verse that ought to change your life. Proverbs 27, and look at verse four. Proverbs 27 verse 4, by the way, this is not just good teaching for church. This is good teaching for family. This is good teaching for home. This is good teaching for business. All these things I'm teaching this morning, they work They work outside these walls too. And here's the last statement I want to make. Jealousy is a damaging and absolutely destructive thing. Now look at Proverbs 27. Look at verse 4. The Bible says wrath, wrath is what? Wrath is cruel. And anger, well, let me tell you about anger, he says. Anger is is what? Outrageous. Outrageous. But look at the last part. But who is able to stand before envy? Wow. Wow. Wrath, that's serious stuff. Anger, man, you better listen. But when it comes to envy, it'll destroy you every time. Listen to this story. I'm talking about business. Two shopkeepers were bitter rivals. One store was on this side of the street. The other store was directly right across on the other side of the street. And each day they would spend time keeping track of each other's business. A customer would pull in one place and not the other. And this business owner was keeping track of how many customers were pulling in. And they were constantly, constantly acting as rivals. One night an angel appeared to one of the shopkeepers in a dream. And this is what he said, I'll give you anything you ask, but whatever you receive your competitor will receive twice as much. Would you be rich? You can be. He said, I'll make you rich beyond your wildest imaginations. But there is something you need to understand. Your neighbor, your competitor, will be twice as rich as you are. Do you wanna live a long and a healthy life? You can, I'll grant that wish. But he said, you need to understand this, your competitor, We'll live longer and healthier. Any wish, you name it, and I'll give it. And the angel said, what is your desire? And the man thought for just a little bit, and he said, all right, I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. He said, here's my request. Strike me blind in one eye. Now, whatever he got, his neighbor got double. Here's a man that was so bent on envy. He could have had anything. He could have had great riches. He could have had great success. He could have had, he could have had an unbelievable business, an unbelievable life, but he's so full of jealousy. He's so full of envy That he'd rather be blind in one eye and see his competitor blind in both eyes. Church, boy, that's trouble, isn't it? But you know what? That's where we're living. We're living in that kind of day. Hey, kids, listen up here to preachers, man. Let me tell you how damaging envy can be. Look right up here, preacher. Once upon a time, once upon a time, long, long ago, There were two eagles, and one of those eagles, both eagles flew greatly, but one of those eagles always flew just a little higher than the other. The eagle that flew a little lower became envious of the eagle who flew higher. And one day he came across a hunter, and the eagle struck up a conversation with the hunter, and he said, you see that eagle up there? He said, I wish you'd kill that eagle. And the hunter said, you know what, I can do that. But he said, I need a feather to put on my arrow. And I don't have any. And the eagle said, man, that's no problem. And so he plucked out one of his own feathers and he gave it to the hunter. The hunter took those feathers and he put those feathers on the arrow just right. And sure enough, he put the the arrow on the string and he pulled it back and he fired at the eagle. But the eagle flew so high that the arrow missed him And the hunter said, man, that eagle's flying so high. He said, I I didn't hit him. He said, I'm going to need some more feathers. And the envious eagle said, not a problem. Here you go. Here's another. And a little bit later, another and another and another until the eagle didn't have enough feathers to fly. And then the hunter turned around and killed him. You see, jealousy doesn't hurt the one you're jealous against. Jealousy always hurts you. Right. That's good. Wow. John, does that not bother you? <laughs> Dr. John, doctor, you know, if it had been our day and time, they'd call him doctor, Dr. John, Dr. John not bother you? You've been the man for all this time, and everybody's come to you. Everybody's flocked uh, has flocked to you, and you're the one that you're, you're the main preacher. You're the keynote speaker, and uh, I mean, you're the main guy. And now, all of a sudden, less and less and less are coming to you, and more and more and more are going to him. And John said, "Fellas, let me teach you something. It's not about me. It's all about him." Amen. Wow, <laughs> man. Aren't you glad you came to church today? Amen. Will you bow your heads with us this morning? Father, we love you. Lord, every time I read this book, it's just it just gets better and better and better. Lord, this book, it gets so great, it's almost overwhelming. And Lord, thank you for teaching us these wonderful truths. So practical, so relevant to our life. And Lord, it is. I mean, I, I will admit, it, it's easy if we're not careful to become envious, to become jealous. We see other people blessed, and, and we feel like we're not blessed. We see other people promoted, and we don't feel like we've been promoted. We see other people holding a position, and or somebody else got the promotion, or somebody else got the raise and pay, or somebody else drove in the new car. And Lord, if we're not careful, the main thing is no longer the main thing. And we get our eyes off of Jesus and we get our attention on ourself. Father, help us to keep in mind all the glory goes to him. All the glory. Now our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. And right before we go today, I wonder how many are here this morning would say, Pastor, if I died today, I mean, God forbid, but if something were to happen and I, I passed away today, preacher, I know that I know that I know that I've been born again. And I know beyond a shadow of any doubt that I'm on my way to heaven. My name is written there. By the way, we're gonna preach on that tonight. Preacher, I know that I'm born again. If that's you with heads bowed and eyes closed, would you just very uh, kindly and quietly slip your hand up as a testimony and you can take it right back down. Lord bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right, but I wanna ask another question. How many are in this room right now or watching by way of live stream and you'd say, pastor, in all honesty, I couldn't raise my hand. I wanna go to heaven, preacher. I wanna go to heaven. I hope I would but I just don't know that I would. But preacher, I care enough to slip up my hand and let you pray for me. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna come back and try to drag you down this aisle. I don't do that. But I would like to pray for you. I'll not pray for you by name. But God, will know who you are. Pastor, if I died right now, I hope I'd go to heaven, but I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure. Would you please pray for me? Right now, you slip your hand up. Say, preacher, would you pray for me? I see that hand. Is there somebody else? Come on, raise it really high so I don't miss you. So I don't miss you. Anybody else? Anybody else? All right. I see that little hand right there. Hey, church, is he receiving all the glory? Is Jesus the main thing in your life? Man, is he what you live for, what you work for, what you strive for? Is it all about him? It needs to be. Now, if there's an area today where the Holy Spirit has dealt with your heart, in just a moment, we're going to stand. We're going to have what we call an invitation. And we're going to have some personal workers across the, the altar. And they have a Bible in their hand. And they would love to pray with you, but they don't have to. You don't have to pray with them necessarily, but if you want to just slip down here and slip by the altar, you can do that. But if you're here today and you say, Pastor, if I died, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven. I want you to come to one of these personal workers down here in the the altar, and they have a Bible, and they'd love to show you how you can know that you know that you know that you're going to heaven when you die. And so I hope you'll come. Will you stand with us all over the house? This morning, Father, thank you for this time we've had together. Thank you for this wonderful truth. I don't know about anybody else. It spoke to my heart. And God, it's challenged me. And I have to be careful. God, this old flesh sometimes wants to get in the way. God, sometimes I want to, I, 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 sometimes my eyes are not on the Lord. Sometimes they get on me. And God, I pray today you'd help us to be careful to keep the main thing the main thing. And that's Jesus receiving glory and honor and praise. God, I pray you'd speak to hearts, especially those who are lost. And Father, we thank you and praise you for all that you do in Jesus' name. And our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I'm gonna ask our personal workers if they just very quietly slip out down here to the altar. And if you need to come for any reason at all, listen, there'll be somebody here to, to meet you and greet you. Would you come while we wait? Would you come and do business with the Lord? Maybe God's dealt with your heart about something going on at work. Something going on at home. And you say, Pastor, I really need to, I need to have a conversation with the Lord about that. Now's a great time. Will you come while we wait? Will you come? Will you come? You say, Brother Pope, if I come to the altar, somebody will think I'm envious. Listen, number one, when you come to the altar, that's nobody's business while you're coming, and nobody knows why you're coming. But just mind the Lord today. While we wait, while we wait, Old oh, Calvary Baptist Church, let's make sure that Jesus is the main thing.